Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Traffic Masters. I am Jack Humphrey, Associate Dean of Directions University, and Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University, will be here momentarily. And we have a great show for you today. We have Sharon Sheldon. Sharon, are you in? I am here. Can you hear me? Hey, you're here. Hi. Yep, loud and clear and perfect. Perfect sound. Good. Awesome. Well, let me give you a little introduction, and you can see where you can... You know, fill in the points that I mess up or miss out. How about that? <laughs> okay. All right. Sharon Sheldon is a master at designing and developing business content and training programs that lead to real action and real results for learners. For over 20 years, she was an instructional designer and learning consultant for major corporations like MetLife, Merrill Lynch, and UBS Payne Weber. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now she develops the same type of professional quality content for people who help small businesses and entrepreneurs achieve their goals for success. The big difference is that Sharon created a large what she created for large co- companies is now her con that oh man. <laughs> now is that her current content is customizable and rebrandable. I sounded so good up until that point. That means that her customers can edit and adapt it to their niche, put down their own name and use it to build their business. And you can discover it at businesscontentplr.com. How's that sound? Except for the That's major good. mess up. Close enough. <laughs> Does it sound like you? Yes, that is me. My, Are you up um, to anything else that we should know about before we start? Is there any other, or, or is businesscontentplr.com your main gig right now? That is my main gig. I'm actually in the middle of rebranding it. So in a couple months, hopefully, I'm going to have a new name, but I'm not giving it away yet. It just won't have the word PLR in it, so I'm getting away from that. So um, oh, a lot yeah. of people don't know what PLR is, and it has kind of a bad reputation, and that's not me. So yeah, um, yeah. and there's months, nothing you can do about that. Name. No, I'm if just if you're doing something really good with it, it doesn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm just positioning oh, it differently say it, because. It, Sorry, go ahead. We have a delay problem here. I don't know why. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, I'll try to take a breath in between saying things then. Yeah, I'm going to need to take a breath, too. It's all this caffeine, man. And hi, Sharon. Hi, Jack. Okay. This is Gina. Hi, Gina. Hey, you're here. <laughs> I am here. It just took me a little while. Well, awesome. it's good to meet you. Well, we were you, just talking about the you. benefits of taking PLR out of our titles uh, and and. And I have to agree, it's just got such a bad rap. Even if you're doing a good job with it, uh, you can't overcome the bad rap that PLR has already amassed. And uh, I, I totally agree. <laughs> that would be a good move, absolutely. Yeah, and it's definitely not me. I do, um, because of my background as well, I do very professional content. And I never would have even used the word PLR, except that when I was getting started online, that's. I just came across that, and that's what people knew. And now I'm gradually shifting away. It's still customizable. It just doesn't have that. It won't have that name on it because it's not – a lot of PLR is still viewed as a commodity, 
and my content I don't view as a commodity, and I don't want my customers to, if you know what I mean. So explain a little, let's back up a little bit and, and explain in a little bit more detail what it is that, that you do for people. So what, I what, create, Maybe just process or something like that. Shall I first just assume that people know what content is? That's a really hard yep, thing to Yes, you're pretty safe in assuming that. Okay. Well, I develop, I, I draw on my background in instructional design and creating training programs for companies, and I apply that to the content I create. So I'm creating, everything I create is focused on learning, and it's all on business topics. And for my customers, they can then take that, they know it's well-designed and written and researched, and they can use it for their own business in their own market. They just adapt it to whatever market they're in and put in their own insights and add their own value and then use it to for things like webinars or courses, training, workshops, um, hangouts, self-study courses, you know, list building, really anything that you would need content for. But it's already it's it's on the topics, the business topics that people want, or at least my customers' customers want, and they know it's already got that foundation of a good design and good research in it. So the big difference is wow. what I would have done for a big corporation that was their proprietary program, I can take and sell to multiple people at a much lower price, of course. They're not paying thousands of dollars. And they just customize it. It's more generic. Mm-hmm. So, so you really have really an eye on the quality that that when people encounter this, like when I when I buy some content from you and I use it, that people are, you know, my readers are are engaging with it. They move. They're moved to be engaged with it because it's actually quality stuff. So, yeah, so like having PLR attached to that would actually debate what you're actually providing, which is a much bigger value, and what people actually need is engaging content, you know, with their voice added to it, of course, not just completely replicated out, but you're really paying attention to those details, good design and good good content quality. Yeah, and it's it's when you when I talk about quality in the content or content like this, it's about walking people through step-by-step step so that they actually can take action, not just when they walk away, but right there when they're going through the content. And when they leave, whether it's a self-study or live or whatever format, they actually have already achieved something, have already started applying it, and can see results. And that's what makes the biggest difference for anyone who's delivering content. The whole point of content is that it's solving a problem. But a lot of the content out there is just telling people why it's important, maybe a general how to do it, but people often walk away and say, okay, now what? Or they're just left. It just Mm -hmm. sits there on their computer because they never really got going and got into it. So that's the biggest thing I focus on. Hmm? So you really have like a training focus in your content. Really, you know, something's got to happen. This is we're not just here to have a great time and read content and then not know what to do with, it, uh, with what you've read, but really there's an action item or or action steps to about everything that you provide. Exactly. Everything, whether it's big or small. I do big training programs, but then I do smaller things too. And the feedback I've always gotten from my customers is they love 
they love that part. They love the worksheets and the exercises and the fact that people are able to apply what they're learning and they can walk them through it. So, yeah, that's the biggest difference is they are taking action. All right. Jan, are you on with us today? I think she's just listening. Darn. She's She's got some questions for me to ask you, so I'm going to do that. Uh, one of the things that she got to know you a little bit uh, as uh, inviting you onto the show, and she says she doesn't crank out articles. They're comprehensive training, so you can teach how to or why to. And then she said, ask her why using content as training-based is so valuable for businesses. Isn't instant messaging fun? <laughs> but she's IMing you right now? She is. Oh, yeah. She's telling me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, totally. We can get on Skype at the same time and do it all at the same time. No problem. I know. Um, <laughs> so that's part of what I said already, but um, definitely not cranking out articles. And whenever people are publishing content, it, should, it used to be quantity over quality and that idea of a commodity you just need to keep publishing. And people mm-hmm. still have a lot of that mindset of quantity, quantity. I just have to keep get publishing things so that I get seen, so I get in the search engines. And that's really not the case anymore. It's, it's what you produce. One particularly good piece of content that someone can walk away from and say, wow, I really learned something. I can, I can do something now is going to make a much bigger impact on their future relationship with you and how they view you, your reputation. And um, if, they, if they're just a prospect or a reader, it affects their whole conversion, whether they're coming back to you repeat, repeatedly. And when they do want to buy something eventually, they're going to think of you first because you've already delivered results. And that's why that training element is so important in everything. And maybe I can jump in here. Right. Mm-hmm. In Directions University, we've been around almost eight years. It'll be eight years in January. And during that time, we've created over 4,500 hours of content in the form of training. All of it is education and training. Mm-hmm. But 14, 15 months ago, when Jack came in as my partner, I went, you know what? I want to redo all of our content for two reasons. Number one, I needed to freshen it up a bit. While things like mindset, business strategy, and leverage are evergreen topics, the tactics change, the tools change. So time to update it. Number two, I wanted to get Jack's voice into the training as much as my voice. Mm -hmm. So we undertook redoing all of the DU courses. And when I say they're mammoth, oh my gosh, they are really mammoth. And we gave ourselves a total of 15 months to do that. Wow. But when you're doing such a massive undertaking, like someone starting out from scratch, having to create the content for their training programs from scratch, you don't have the time to create the training and do the marketing. The biggest benefit I see of what you provide is it could give people the content so that they could focus on the marketing right from the start, add Mm -hmm. to what you provide some back-end coaching programs, and now you've got a winning success from day one. Mm -hmm. Is that how you see it as well? Absolutely. The... um 
it, nobody wants to start with a blank page. It's just so difficult. You have hours of research just to get going, even if you know the topic already. And if you're an, even if you're an expert in something, it doesn't mean that you know how to teach it. There are a lot of people out there who are so great at what they do. They know a lot, but they don't know how to translate that knowledge for someone else so they can put it into action. So not only with mine are they not, they're not starting with a blank page. They have something to build off, but they also have the structure of something that's a yeah, learning And you experience. let us exactly where I was going next. Mm-hmm. I did my undergraduate work in a very, very unusual way. As most people go to college, they go to college in a credit-based program. In order to graduate and get your degree, you need this many hours in these subject matters. Mm -hmm. I did my education, my undergrad, I'm a lawyer by training. Um, My undergrad was done at DePaul University in Chicago in their School for New Learning program. It's their adult education program. It was the first program in the world that was based on competency and not credit. Mm -hmm. So when you came into the school for new learning, before you could do anything to start amassing competencies, you actually had to take a whole year worth of courses on understanding how people learn, how education happens, and how to structure training for the learning and competency to occur. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that year, you then design your own curriculum for what you wanted to accomplish through your college degree. I imagine that that is very similar to the kind of education that you would have had to become an instructional designer, right? Well, my actually, my education was not in instructional design. I learned that more on the job. I mm. did my undergraduate degree in Chinese, actually, which don't ask me to speak it because even though I was kind of fluent then, I don't remember that much. And then I, my MBA was in international finance. So I might have had the, the structure, but it didn't really teach me instructional design except some of the things that I didn't like. And after about a year in investment banking, which I don't know what, how I ever decided that was a good idea for me because it wasn't at all my personality or anything, uh, I did discover this business of learning consultants and yeah. instructional design. I'd never heard of it before, and it just clicked with me because I love to learn. And I looked at the process and how they, how they looked at organizations and what the needs are from a strategic point and then broke it down into the skills that you need to know and break it down more into step-by-step step what you need to learn, that process. And you didn't have to you don't have to know that particular subject really well. It's more about working with the subject matter experts to break it down so that someone can learn it. So I yes, yes, yes. I, I did take some <clears throat> courses and I learned from others. I went and did some teachers Columbia Teachers College stuff and some other classes so that I knew the basics of what they call behavioral objectives, which you probably know then. And uh, that is more of the corporate approach. I've never seen it applied in a university, though. That's interesting. And for most entrepreneurs, especially speakers, authors, coaches, they may know their subject matter, 
but conveying the subject matter in a way that makes it both easy and fun to learn for their customers, their clients, is not something that just happens intuitively, is it? No, it's it's there are a few people out there who can do that naturally, but very few. Most people have to learn it. And having a base to work on, of course, helps. But um, it also helps to just keep testing it out with people. I love when I have something new that maybe I know more about, testing it out with someone who doesn't know it. And that's where I see the gaps of, oh, I need to answer that question and this question, and I'm just, you can't assume certain things. And if uh, for anyone who's starting out with a topic like, um, say, WordPress, someone was teaching me that, and they kept skipping things, and I'd say, what? What are you talking about? What's that? What's a plugin? And they just assumed it. So that's where you need to learn how to break it down and also teach people how to apply it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm making an assumption here, but I assume that that's really the big benefit of all of the products that you offer is that part's already done for someone. They don't have to figure it out on their own. Right. It's all broken down. I What I do is apply those instructional design principles from research to actually identifying the goals and the specific learning objectives for every piece of the content and what activities they have to be able to complete. And then we write it and figure out what key points. So it's the groundwork, that initial design is what's, mo- is what's most important. But then people need to adapt it because every market, I'm making it generic, but when you buy it, your market's going to be different. They might already know some of it. They might have some things that are still gaps where they have to fill in. And, of course, examples are what people learn from, so your own insights and examples. They may not agree with everything that I put in there. So it's not, again, I don't look at this as a commodity. I don't know if you were on the line when I said this before about PLR. People look at it as as a commodity of something they just buy, sell. It's something that that's your foundation to work with. I was just getting on the line as you said that earlier. <clears throat> right. And so I could see someone who has a coaching program coming in and looking for all of the various topics that they're planning on teaching in their coaching program, what we would call the pillars of their vortex chat, and combining the training programs that you've already created on each of those topics and actually turning them into, say, the textbook, if you will, for a coaching program. Uh, Gina, this this is Jan. Um, And hey, Sharon, sorry, I took a while to get on the call here. You know, that was one reason I thought Sharon would be a great fit for the show because um, I've known her, I've used her stuff, and it's really different than PLR. It's very comprehensive in terms of many of us aren't that great at teaching the how-to, but people still need to know it. And it is a great way to supplement um, some of the strategy teachings because it augments that piece so well. It really to does. Be a, to be able to offer, you know, uh, really 
simple, easy, but very thorough. I mean, I sometimes buy your stuff just to learn it. Yeah, a lot really. of people do actually. That's mm-hmm. or to do both. I've found that. Right. I did some surveys, customer surveys here and there. I do those periodically and I always get some new insights into what people are using my content for. And Sharon, I think what what I hear from Jack and Gina a lot is share valuable content that helps people and get them engaged. And um that is where I see what you do as being so uh, so really important for uh, coaches, consultants, whoever, even other business owners to share because I find that's one of the first things I look for online is how to or why to. Right, and that's the big deal that I like to focus mm-hmm. on because there are, mm-hmm. it's not just about engagement. There's a lot of engaging content out there that you read and think is fascinating, mm-hmm. things about yeah. you know LinkedIn, but you still walk away without anything concrete. Maybe yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I still need to know how to log in. <laughs> right. <laughs> it might be engaging but not actionable. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And so and people are using your material who then understand what I call repurposing. So you put together this coaching program that combines three to seven different trainings into a bigger coaching program, add the coaching piece to it, and then start to repurpose. Take yeah. little chunks of it out and turn it into the content that you share on social or the email that you're going to share turn some of it into a video to have even more content to share. And before you know it, you have every part of your business just from that core. Right. And it's not, um, well, there's the side of you have all this content, you want to repurpose it, put it everywhere. It's also about people's different learning styles. You're going to have people who really go to YouTube to learn because they want to see a video. They don't want to listen to a podcast. They don't want to read a course. They want to watch a video. So you're going to access one market that way, and you have to make sure that those videos people are still going to learn from. So it might have to adjust some of the activities. You have social media where people are just looking for little snippets and little answers. They don't want the whole big picture necessarily. They just want some little things. Same with, of course, text. People are going to, some people learn best. So the idea behind repurposing is so that you do access different markets and appeal to different learning styles. You've just broadened your reach tremendously. You absolutely do. And it's so much easier to repurpose than it is to have to create new content from scratch. Right, but people still feel guilty that they're not doing it from scratch, and that's the biggest barrier to get past with someone who's already an expert. And my customers tend to already be experts or they want to learn and become more experts in their field. And they feel like, oh, I should really be doing it myself from scratch. And like I said, that is the biggest barrier to get past, understanding that you don't have to. And nobody, very few people do start from scratch once you get into the offline world in particular. You know, well, I go into a big corporation, with... I'm not starting from scratch every time. 
using things they already have or intellectual capital that I have. There are things that don't change from place to place or topic to topic. The other problem with starting from scratch on an ongoing basis is you create a business that has these assets in terms of content that don't flow from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And you Mm -hmm. end up requiring your business to constantly be going out getting new customers, never looking at how can you take that same customer and make money from them again and again and again. That's Mm -hmm. where the higher profit margins are, is in selling the same customer repeatedly, Mm -hmm. not constantly going out getting a customer who buys one time. Right, exactly. And that's, I struggle with that now in, you know, as I'm rebranding my company a bit and looking at my products. In the past, I have a lot of repeat customers. So I already know that I have them and they keep buying. But one of the things I've struggled with is I wasn't looking ahead at series of products that work together. I do have them, they work together, but I wasn't planning that enough in advance. I was doing what I'd learned from other PLR people originally, which is just look at the hot topics, look at the hot topics, pump something out. And now I'm having to step back and rethink that as I move forward because not the repeat customers are there, but they need to be thinking, my customers need to be thinking about that series of continuing sure. to sell. Hmm? Sharon, this is Jan. I'm so glad you said that because when Gina was talking about um, really using the PLR strategically, and I see that this is a, a real common myth that most people, it's like pick a hot topic, do a niche blog, you know, pick a hot topic, crank out a bunch of PLR. But it's a very hard to sustain business model. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've I'm glad to hear you talk about is how you're looking at your business differently. And I was really curious to see why you picked this, you know, to go into and how you see that growing as a sustainable business. Because I did, I've always seen you as being a, someone who was very committed to your business. And this wasn't like, a, oh, I think writing PLR will be easy and fun but you really look at it as a long-term business plan. And uh wanted to know how, why you stay in it and what really made you go there. Well, I have to admit, when I started out, I did look at it that way. It was, ooh, PLR, I know how to write. I'm good at that. I can do that. You know, I learned from some people. I got it going. And as soon as I got into it and started to differentiate myself, I had I thought about what I'm good at. And I'm good at the learning side and the instructional design. So I kept, I'd originally was trying to get away from that because I didn't want to be in the corporate world anymore. So I got involved and, you know, everyone in Internet marketing, we need to just put out, like you said, a niche blog, make some money. (laughs) And I realized pretty quickly that that was not a good idea and that wasn't going to be sustainable and I needed to go back to what my strengths were. And I just, I do keep tabs on the market. And I could see from feedback from customers that my content is something they really wanted and needed. So I know the need is there. I know there's potential. And I know I'm not tapping into a huge market who has no idea what PLR is. 
and the, the, I don't really want them to know that word because it again it has a bad a bad sound a bad reputation. So I'm committed to it because I know the market's there, I know the need is there, and um, and I enjoy doing it. I get great feedback. There's nothing better. Has Jan told you anything about what we teach at Directions University, what what we call the Vortex model of doing business? No, I just looked at your website and your bios a little bit. So I don't know that much about you. Take it off, Gina. I wanted her to be sure. (laughs) No, really, they're the smartest people ever. Well, Jan is just there for the eye candy, but Gina is really smart. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly Sex right. That's smart too. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> smart too. So the vortex model of doing business, I can't really take credit for creating. It's more a system that I uncovered years ago. I spent ten years in a hospital bed and wheelchair, pretty darn sick. And during that time, I had nine point nine million dollars worth of medical bills that had to be paid. I needed $40,000 a month to pay for my medication. Without it, I would have been dead in under 90 days. So I knew I had to find a system that would ensure that I could make that kind of money. That's not a chump change, you know, or I would be in pretty big trouble. So I went on this journey. I was a JV broker. I thought it was easier to help other people sell their products than it was to create my own products from scratch. And to generate $40,000 a month, I just had to help them sell $400,000 a month, and I get 10%. Yeah, right. Didn't work that way. No problem. Not initially. (laughs) So I took people that had world-class products and services. I set them up with people that had huge lists and lots and lots of traffic. And I just expected that it was going to start making that money happen. And very quickly, I started to realize it didn't work that way. Sometimes it made money and sometimes it didn't. And I got to the point where I really didn't have a lot of choice. I was too sick. I couldn't put a lot of time and energy into things unless they were absolutely positively going to make money. So it took about two years to study existing businesses that were really, really successful, looking at what was it about these businesses that made them work when other businesses didn't. And out of that came this vortex model of doing business. It's a system that's very duplicatable, can be applied in any business, in any niche, with any kind of product, service, whatever, for monetizing. Every single time you overlay this vortex model and it makes it a much more leveraged business. We have a little video we like to show people that's at askggg.com forward slash vortex video. And in that video, you're going to see the solar system, which is a vortex. It's no different than your business. A business that's really done well, that's really growing and being done in a way that has a lot less effort in it, is just like a vortex or a tornado. It has spinning power and sucking power. The idea is to use content marketing in the outer edges of your vortex, 
done in a way that is likely to suck people into the center of your vortex. Because when they become people in the center of the vortex, they're truly becoming evangelists whose lives have been touched in a, such a deep, meaningful way that they can't help but bring up your brand, your name, <clears throat> when they're talking to people about themselves. So that's where the model comes from. It's something that you need and that all of your customers need. And I have a feeling that if you apply that model in your business, it will actually allow them to better understand it so that they could be using your products to create their own vortex, doing it in a way that would create a huge lifetime value per customer for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Easy. I want to learn more. Easiest way to get your mind around it and to understand what it is, how it works, and apply it is through a little guide that Jack created a couple months ago that we call the Amazing Traffic Vortex. It is a traffic vortex. It is both the thing that drives the traffic and the thing that does the monetizing all at the same time. You can get that guide at askggg.com forward slash A-T- V for Amazing Traffic Vortex, A-T-V. And there are three Gs, A-S-K-G-G-G.com forward slash A like Apple, T like Tom, V like Victor. In that guide, you will get to a place where it mentions a little 13-minute audio recording. Make sure you listen to it. That audio recording in just 13 short minutes really helps to give you a deeper understanding of the power behind the Vortex and the why behind the Vortex model. On the back end of the programs that you sell now, do you have anything in place in the back end of them, training, coaching, membership, anything like that? No, I don't. I've been really – I don't really want to get into coaching because um, I've been there, done that. I don't want to be tied into having clients. Back-end membership, I have not done Maybe yet. you can help you out there, too. And also, I... Um, sorry, go ahead. The back-end could easily be DU. One topic that I'm looking for a faculty member for DU on is instructional design. You have no idea how much our people need it. Maybe we can find a way for you to have a coaching back-end without having a coaching program. Without having to actually to be a faculty, without having to actually mm-hmm. do live stuff. <laughs> yeah, we record two <laughs> sessions and then they're recorded, and then you do nothing else live. Yeah, the thing I've been avoiding is having to do. Um, I don't. Uh, people have asked me to do one-on-one coaching, and I I haven't done it because mm-hmm. I don't want to get tied. It's more of a lifestyle decision for me because I want to live and work from anywhere in the world, and um, I. I, honestly, I don't want to be responsible responsible for somebody's success. Good for you, Sharon. Good and, for you. But I do want to do more training, and that's something where yeah. I've been looking. I, all my training so far has been free. I have a lot of free tutorials, and I always get good feedback. So I need to look at how I can build that into some sort of membership or back end where I add more advanced training. So that's definitely Absolutely. something to work. And But I've been putting all of this off because of rebranding. I didn't want to be promoting myself as business content PLR. And I'm not giving away the new name yet. 
<laughs> because it's going to be a couple months before I have it all sorted out. So I'm going to feel much more. And I th- that's you also have to be totally behind your branding in order to push that, I guess, traffic, the traffic vortex, as you said. It's like a you do. funnel. It, you've got the sales funnel, but a different, it's spinning, so it's much more powerful. Spinning right? and sucking. Yeah. yeah. And, and sucking. Well, you know, just a, a, a good thing to look at for, toward, for the future is, uh, you know, you totally did not have me until you had me. And, but it took a whole radio show and then me looking a little bit deeper into what it was beyond the you know, business PLR thing before I got it. And so, and man, am I your target market. I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm just freaking out. And while you guys are talking, I'm wanting to interrupt you constantly by saying, are you kidding me? This is not PLR. Yep. I've never seen anything like this in my exactly. life. This is not PLR. This is so the opposite exactly. of that. And I'm thinking about my membership site, Cast, and thinking, wow, I was I, one of the things that slowed me down on that membership site was the fact that I was on the hook for so much material that this particular market expects to be written down and created and ready for them when they come in for the very first time. So mm-hmm. the plan and sell it, create it model is, is kind of there, but it can't completely be there because I didn't have the time to come in and do the co-creation stuff. Like you're saying right now, doing all the live stuff, that takes a bunch of time. And so if they were expecting that when they came in, I'd have to be right on it, and there has to be something scheduled for at least next week so we could get started on that training. Now, had I seen this, <laughs> so I was trying to put together all this stuff, and I really don't care who teaches all of this stuff, like um, setting up your YouTube account and you know branding your business and, and the basic background stuff. We would talk about that on the, on the live stuff uh, eventually, and, and, and I would put my own slant and everything on there, but other than that, there are things that only I in the world can teach and that, that I, only I will teach, and then there's everything else. I don't care <laughs> where, who's, where that comes from, I can, and especially if I can put my voice to it, then it's all good. And what I was doing was trying to create that from scratch, and it was just so unfulfilling. And I just knew there had to be something out there. I never did find it until today, and then – but it was, you know, it's way far down the road. And if I had just looked at it and never met you and never really looked deeper into this, I would have seen the name and I just, no way. But actually, I'm a customer for just about every single thing that you have on your site, every single report, every single, every every bit of it. So it, this new brand, just as a bit of encouragement to do it as quickly as you can, you could open up a lot more doors than you feel like you might be closing because I think doors, that chapter, that would be a good thing to close because other people that don't respect it like you obviously can hear in my voice that I do, uh, in the way that I do, then you're, you've got some people that might come in and buy a report or two, but uh, then you've got people like me who are building entire membership sites around this stuff who is going to need your whole product line or a great deal of it. And I think those are a better customer for you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's what I need. Mm-hmm. And I have some customers yeah. like that, and the goal is to get more and make sure it's positioned so they can understand it from and bring them in and get them started, and then they see the value. And it's not just yeah, yeah. that you're, you don't care who teaches it, because people use it on the subjects that they do know, because it's mm-hmm. not starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. I, I did a survey right. asking how much 
do you edit and customize? I asked people. And I had a range all over the board from maybe 5% to 80-90%. It was unbelievable. And the middle was sort of 30 to 60% that people are editing and customizing. So now I don't have it broken down, but it it all depends on how much of your own expertise and insights you're putting into it or combining and breaking it up and you know, or even taking the opposite. I've used some some things in the past from other people where it looks so completely different afterwards, you would never know. But it got my mind going. It yeah. sparked all my ideas and inspiration and 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 things that were hidden in my mind that I knew I wanted to share but hadn't thought of it until I saw it from somebody else. How do you and how you do you know, handle the stuff you. that changes every five minutes? Oh God, that's so like YouTube. So difficult. We've done stuff. Or, I, every time I do something on social media, and I go back and I have to update it, I say never again. I'm not doing anything on social <laughs> media again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I have an assistant who who helps me with most of the updating, and she said, please don't make me do this again. <laughs> I don't want to update this, please. <laughs> She'll say, oh, we do, we're it's updating something now. It's a rough one. I, I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, in your reports, I see an awful lot of them, or a good a good number of them. It's like, oh my God, she must be going nuts. Like, how to set up your YouTube channel? Every five minutes that changes, and how how to do certain things on uh, Facebook pages. Every single five minutes it changes. So I know that you, and to have somebody doing that and keeping that up. So if I come in next week, and it and it's pretty pretty good, I'll still be happy to only have to add what I know has changed in the last five minutes. You know, if the basics are there and they haven't done a complete overhaul or something. But because uh, it still saves time. If people are doing 30% uh, rewrites and editings and things like that, that's, you know, saving them 70%. <laughs> and uh, so it's a really great service. And I I don't know why it's taken so long to meet somebody who's really done it well. I mean, you're the first person I've ever met who's really doing this at the level that it sounds like on every sales letter for content like this. But it never is true, <laughs> and, yeah. and you're finally you're. I finally met the person who's actually doing it. Yeah. Nice to meet you. You know, Sharon. Here's how yeah. you can quickly get a back end for what you've got right this minute. Mm-hmm. Once the brand changes, have you thought about putting a continuity program in place that allows people to get the update? And update say two or four times per year as long as they're paying a continuity premium for the update? Uh well I've thought about doing continuity more like a membership where people get certain content every month. I haven't thought about the updates because I've been providing them for free. And um I'm yeah. trying to stay away from I'm trying to avoid things that need constant updates because it is very time consuming and costly, and yes, people don't want to get paid for Paid is always That's nice. a very getting paid way, changes right? changes a lot of it, especially if your assistant knows that. Oh crap, here comes something, uh, and and you you have the same attitude. It's like oh crap, here comes a new update. <laughs> Just heard about it. You you turn on social, and it's like look at all the new changes on YouTube, <laughs> and to you that should be an exciting thing. Because then you get to go and find out what that is or your assistant does and then go and update the material in the membership site because you're getting paid to do so. It changes the whole dynamic often, 
it doesn't necessarily have to in your situation, but often it does change the whole dynamic for people and makes them a little bit more excited about uh, doing those updates because that certainly, yeah, that free thing, free updates, that kills so many people's burning desire to help and be of service and continue a, a service because you don't often know really what that means when you put it out there. It sounds great on the sales letter until somebody goes, hey, YouTube changed. Hello. <laughs> and then you're like, right. oh, crap, what did I do? Right, and yeah, that happens. And now I, at, for now, I have to say, look, you know, social media changes all the time, and it's really the social media ones that are the problem, and maybe some links mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, rarely anything else. A lot of my topics are evergreen, but the you know the social media, I have to say, look, I'm selling this today. Tomorrow there could be a change, so you might have to change some of the instructions or the screenshots, and right. I can't change it every day. Now, whether people no, would value right. paying for updates, I don't know. That's something I'd have to I check would. out. Hmm? I'd be the first one in line. I would. Yeah, yep. and you know, it depends if you're first, if you're editing a lot to start with. Getting an update six months later, it depends how much the updates are. If you've already done a lot of work on it to customize it, how much are you going to want an update? That's the same Still thing. Still want the update. Yeah. Still needs to be updated in my edited version anyway. Hmm. And Sharon, this well, is think what occurs of, so to it's, me. it's exactly the same problem that you have, right? So for the people that you're selling to, it's exactly the same problem that you have. It's just who's going to be willing to do the work and how much is it going to cost to make that worth it for the person willing to do the work. Because when you get a membership site totally chock full of all kinds of stuff like this, when we look at that, when we look at links breaking, having to go back and check things, having to go back and do updates, it now becomes very worthwhile for us to look at something that could cost a few hundred dollars easily or more than to think that we have to go through and, and uh, you know, audit. If, if we had somebody for some section of our site that we know that that's gonna, they're going to send out updates, hey, you, you know, this is our last one, and it had this in it, and now this has changed, that would be a massive service for us because anybody who's ever put together a decent-sized membership site knows that this is an ongoing constant problem. That's why Gina immediately spoke up and said, you got me as a customer because <laughs> it's worth a lot of money for us to be able to save that time and know that at least at that part of our site, somebody's watching our back. And we're not hearing from our members going, hey, man, these links are broken, this stuff's outdated, this isn't how this works anymore. Because that's the most painful thing you can hear when you have a membership site next to so-and-so has canceled their membership. And so Jeff, I want you know, someone to do that for me now. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sharon, that's, that's the whole reason that you get people to pay for it. See, what occurs to me is like social media and all that changes. And this could be a curated area in your membership. Mm-hmm. that just simply your assistant do- goes out and curates the changes. They don't have to rewrite all of the ch- training because I think you're right. People are going to need, they need the information. They don't need the entire you know, thing well, the, redone. The, the, yep. uh, the other thing that I would be know, happy and, to do in that situation it would be to have the, uh, just have a supplemental. So if you guys sent me out a supplemental, yeah. here's what's here's a big major change that happened. I'm exactly. going to include that right next to the PDF of the report. I'm not going to even edit That's the report. Exactly I'm just going to say, yeah. 
And it might be easier for yeah. you guys that way too. You start a whole new little tiny two or three page sub report or something like that uh, with a date on it and just say, here's what the changes are. So make sure you're aware of that uh, after you've read this guide that you come back here and see any supplemental stuff or changes or anything like that. Most people won't need it if it's um, – uh, you know, something they've already read and they've already set up their YouTube channel, they'll never need to come back to that place. You know, we'll have ongoing YouTube training somewhere else anyway. So that that might be easier for you to do than thinking about rewriting these things all the time. So yeah, I, you know, that's I little wouldn't even do it. Here. Yeah, that's much easier and it's much more cost effective for everyone if you just have updates. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's how all the plugins and all that kind of stuff, you have to, every time that changes, you have to go out there and find out what it is they want you to do. But if people were paying you for this, which I think lots of people would, just so they didn't have to constantly go back and do that, it would easily pay for itself and start to make you money. Because you could pay someone to do that, you know, every three months, just have someone checking your different things and put out those updates. Um, no, I could just have a schedule of what to check mm -hmm. on a monthly basis. You know, make sure each thing is checked on a regular basis, especially the social media. Put a schedule. So, we kind of do so that now. Is, you know, I'm kind of wondering, Sharon, after the rebrand, what is your goal for your business? What would you like it to be? What, where do you see for it, for uh, your new Brand. Well, the biggest thing I need to do is, of course, bring in more customers, more of the type of customers that you know are my ideal ones, my ideal market. And I'd like to be able to produce more of the content, but I need to figure out a different way of doing it because right now I release product by product, launch, launch, launch each time. Right, And you can only sustain that so much without bombarding people, which is, I think, too much of what I'm doing now. So I have the option of doing some sort of membership site if people want to be able to get it you know, on a regular basis, a certain amount each month if they really like all the topics. So that's one option. I want to be able to do training, so separate paid training, probably on a – you know, something related to using the content and using it to build your business. So those are the two areas I'm looking at most. And I just need to bring in more customers. I need to expand and sell more of what I have now. Mm -hmm. so well, so guys, I hate a, to cut uh, this short, but if we're going to do our no! short, we've got to wrap up. We don't want to go. Okay, so we're doing we're, we're having a whole coaching next session week, here. Dan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, next week is Anna Hoffman. Oh, no, no, no. our short segment is going to oh. be moved to next week, so we don't have to cut this discussion short because it's just okay. too good. Okay, never mind that. And you know, Sharon, I think honestly, in my uh, in my opinion, you really should check out the Vortex thing because it is the smartest business model for anybody that wants to work less and make more and actually really help people. Mm -hmm. um, it's what really attracted me um, to working with Jack and Gina. And, you know, I want to thank you for coming on the call 
because I've always been very impressed with, you know, the quality that you provide and how much you care about the people that you help. Thank you. Well, this was fun. It was great to meet new people. I definitely want to check out this traffic vortex, and I know that all of my customers and readers are going to want to also. So I will share that when I send out an email. Well, we've got it. an affiliate program, so let's make sure that oh, we get you set up in it. I'll have Jan reach out with the link. Uh, oh, yeah. even better. Definitely. And vice versa. Yes. Yeah, we definitely want to be a part of your affiliate program as well. Absolutely. And you should be. So, Sharon, when you're thinking about creating a new product, Besides picking whatever's hot, what is the criteria of something? Because there's always something hot every day. What's the criteria that you use to pick a training? Well, one of the first things I look at is just what my customers are asking for. So when I do surveys or even periodically just an email, I ask people what they want and look at what the most requested topics are, what the what which ones have had the most sales. So that's a big part of it. And, of course, I have to think about whether it's going to have enough mass appeal. Because people ask for things that I say, you know what, that sounds great, it's a really interesting topic, but I don't think enough people are going to want it. And I'm I'm learning from experience on some of those. For instance, people had asked for things that were more advanced, and then I did something more advanced, and it didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. Because they really want, that most people still want the things that are a little more introductory. So I have to be careful of that. And moving forward, I'm going to be looking more at what things work together well as a series. So, for, for instance, I have something on how to create a business plan. Then I have something on how to create a marketing plan, and that would progress on to, into some more detailed parts of a marketing plan and different strategies. So I have to be, be thinking forward to how things work together. That's the way I define it is you have to be thinking about the center of your vortex first mm-hmm. so that it can then guide the planning outward from there. Until now, you've been planning from the outer rings of the vortex inward instead of in the reverse order. Leverage, meaning getting the lifestyle you want with the least amount of effort, requires you to do it 180 degrees the opposite direction. Does that make sense? Right. Um, <clears throat> I think so. I'm, I'm trying to think about how that would the play back out. End is? the thing that will make you the greatest amount of money per customer per year. Your goal, $1,000 per customer per year. That can be done in a lot of different ways. Bundle everything you've got into a package. I'm sure together it's more than $1,000. A $97 a month continuity program is $1,000 plus a year. So many different ways to get $1,000 per year. Figure out what that thing is, let that dictate what you do with all the other products, the traffic generation, all of it. Mm -hmm. One of the big pieces of leverage that I see in your business is you've got something that is attractive to 
every single coach, speaker, and author in an entrepreneurial market, right? Mm-hmm. Easiest yeah. way to reach those people is to recognize that they are customers right now. They're just not your customers yet. Find those people whose customers are authors, speakers, coaches. Insert you into their business, and now their customers become yours. So how can you do that? Well, if you create one little training segment that is you teaching them how to use the stuff you've got, bundle just one of your products with it, and let other people who sell their own products package that training and that product, what you're now calling PLR that will soon change, with their own stuff as a bonus, people have to come into your list in order to access those two components. Well, now you've just built a list of buyers instantly. Every person that comes in to get that package has bought somebody else's product already. That list and getting them to buy a second thing is going to get you 10 times more results than building a list by giving something away for free. 10 times better, sometimes more than that. So you only have to build a handful of relationships with the people that already work with coaches, speakers, and authors. Right. And let them do all the heavy lifting for you. I'm trying to picture this. Because you get people like us really excited. We're not going to shut up about what you do. You can't shut us up about (laughs) what you do. So that's just, you know, we talk a lot. We have a radio show and all kinds of other ways of getting out to people. And we will not shut up. We can't be shut up unless blog talk radio is malfunctioning. And then we'll still do it. Even if nobody's listening, we'll do it. Trust him on that. (laughs) <laughs> well, and more importantly, we have about 50 different products that range from $7 to $12,000 and all different price points in between. If we had a training from you and one of your products that we could package with that training that we could include when we sell any of our 50 products, then regardless of whether or not we're actively out there promoting you, we're out there talking about you because we're talking about ourselves. And mentioning, oh, by the way, wait till you see this bonus that's included from Sharon. Now we're selling our own stuff in a way that's selling you at the same time. So I could create some sort of training that would appeal to your customers. I'm just summarizing here. Package in something of mine that they would want to use with their customers. So some of my own customizable not what I call personal use, but something yes. they could then use with their customers. Yes. Absolutely. That would work well. Yep. But they would buy exactly. that from you, correct? They would buy one of my so that, other products, uh-huh. and it would get packaged as a bonus with it. But then how do they still end up on my email list? In order for that to be delivered to them, they must subscribe to your list, and it right. gets delivered after they've subscribed to your list. Got it. That makes sense. Yep. I understand now. Capturing very, that email very, is very the biggest. Powerful. Capturing that email is the biggest deal, at least for me. 
because that's where the relationship. Dina, we brought are. another one in from the cold. I feel I feel like we've done a good thing today. You have. I think so too, Jack. <laughs> well, yeah, we have to stay in touch. This is something she's we need to. I love meeting people that don't just come on the show and and you know kind of just okay. Well, that was great, but this one uh, is one of those rare ones that we want to stay in touch and do some neat stuff together. Maybe have a follow up show not too long in the future. Maybe when your new brand is released. Definitely, when I have that new brand and I can say it out loud. I've been spending all this time. Um, designing the homepage actually recently. I'm working with a marketing consultant on that. I'm getting very excited about it. It's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be very different from anyone else in the market. Oh, that's awesome, Sharon. Well, we can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> and again, all, right. all of you can find Sharon now at businesscontentplr.com. Businesscontentplr.com. Stay in touch with us, and I promise you we will let you know as soon as Sharon's new website is ready because we are going to be really excited about it. This has been great. This is like I got more out of this than I think I gave. (laughs) Oh, I think it was a little bit mutual there, Sharon. Any final (laughs) words of wisdom for our listeners? Oh, Oh, I had lots of notes of things I could say. I could keep talking for a long time, but that would that would <laughs> run us out of time. I would say that um think of don't think of your content as a commodity that you just put out there. Think of it in terms of the results that people are going to get and be able to take action on. That's that's the key. And that really is that really does sum up everything we talked about today in one little sentence. And it's a very big perspective shift. So Mm -hmm. hopefully all of you really got that today because while you need the content to create the value, creating that content really keeps you from making the money that you really are out there to do. So you don't need to do that, especially if you're in an entrepreneurial niche. Sharon can help immensely. Businesscontentplr.com. Thank you again, Jan. Thank you, Sharon. Awesome show, guys. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you. Thanks, Gina and Jack and Jan. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters.